today's topic is three-part attunement or three-way attunement. What we're focusing on is the three areas of the EFT process that therapists must be paying attention to and staying clicked in with at all times, or none of our other work will even resonate or install. So today's topic is crucial. Welcome to the Leading Edge in Emotionally Focused Therapy with your hosts, Dr. James Hawkins and Dr. Ryan Reyna. EFT is a dynamic model that humbles even the most seasoned therapists. Together, we want to come alongside you as you continually push the leading edge of your understanding and application of this wonderful model developed by Dr. Sue Johnson. All right, welcome back. It's great to, uh, to have you with us. And uh, our topic today is three-part attunement or three-way attunement. To be honest with you, this was not scheduled. We weren't going to do an episode of this, but um, it kind of came up in last week's episode. And uh, this is a little different, little different language than you often hear in EFT. I think this came up for me a few years back as I was trying to teach a concept that I, that I saw as being missed, and it's kind of grown from there. So, James, you actually took initiative here mm-hmm. to say to say, hey, something something resonated with me in last week's episode, and I think we should do a whole ep- a whole episode on this three part attunement. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to kind of kick it to you to get it started today. What stood out to you and, and what do you what do you make of this concept of three part attunement? Yeah, Ryan, I thank you for that. Um, we were just going over and we were listening back to the show on focus. And so in my stage of where I'm at on, on finish the mission. You oh, sorry. That. There we go. Thank you. Finish the mission. I'm, I'm <laughs> that's, talking that's about what we're week. about to do, yeah. but finishing the mission. And I've sat in training with you and George and I've watched other great EFT trainers be able to to find that place and really do the work. And so in this middle stage of being a supervisor and training and supervising even new EFT therapists, we say that language to them, but then sometimes they're like, I don't know how to find it, James. I don't know how to, what, what is the mission? How do I know when the mission started? How do I know when it, I'm in it and, 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 and where, where's the, even the finish line? So what, when we were talking about the three points of attunement, I think it really helped in breaking down of being able to recognize when I, the mission has started and when I'm in the middle of it and just really finding myself in that place of when the vulnerability is alive and staying with it. So I'm going to break that down. I, mean, I know that's a lot. Yeah, that's good. It's because this is a foundational piece of how you get yourself towards the leading edge. Yes, right. And also how you know when you're there. So uh, it is foundational. It's basic as we're building towards uh, this journey, but it's important. So I appreciate you catching this and realizing we don't need to skip over this. We need to unpack this yeah. a bit more. Because EFT can be, there's a lot that's happening. When you're doing a truly, when you're doing an EFT session, there is a lot that's going on. And so being able to have some clear markers of knowing when I'm in that attachment channel or when I'm in the that space where I'm really working where change happens is important. That's why this stuck out to me. So I hope that this is a gift to, to use people listening. So three points of attunement. I'll just tell you what they are right now, then we'll go break them each down. The first point of attunement is attunement with your client. The second part of that uh, three points of attunement is attunement with self, and then attunement with the target, attunement to, to the target. So let's go back to attunement with the client. It's the client who decides when you're in attunement, not the therapist. So in other words, it's the client, am I attuned to their inner emotional world? And it's not just do I feel good about it, but can the client even feel that I am there with them? 
am I really in, in that emotion? And so we know in EFT, some of the things we've talked about already is, do I even see it in their body? You see it through those yes head shakes. I've seen it with clients where you see them, they begin the session off and they're real tense and they're sat up, but then you just watch their body begin to relax and they rest on the back of the chair. You watch, you hear their pace of talk change. You see them take that deep breath and they feel that relief. And I, I intentionally say, hey, what happened right then? When I said that, or when I conjectured this emotion, when I did this, what happened? And, uh, or I'll even ask, am I getting that right? Am I, am I kind of close? Because I want to know, am I really attuned to what's going on in their inner world? And that's important if you're going to really be able to be on mission. Because you might, be, you might be completely misattuned trying to work towards a mission and they're not going with you. And you can blame them. But really, they're just kind of telling you, you don't got me. All right. And then I think the, the second one is attunement with self. And this is really important because sometimes we can think about it's always being attuned to the client and getting their emotion. But who we are as therapists, we need to be able to, even our bodies, can we be able to take in their emotional world? But let me back it up a step. Part of this attunement with self is really the energy of matching their energy, right? And so you as a therapist, when you sense that emotion in them and you're trying to attune to their internal world, can you allow yourself to even take on a little bit of feeling that speed, a little bit of that place where they're trying to throttle down or slow down a little bit there and be able to match that energy. And it is, I think of it as you as a therapist and you as your client, you really are trying to put together and compose a song and the client got stuck in their song and they can't really find the melody or a part of the song. And so that's where you need to attune to them. What is the song they're trying to sing? What's the feeling that they're trying to get out? But then you also as a therapist, not just coming in with your own song, but can you come and match up with their song and you get into like a, a three-part harmony, right? Um, and to try and help them be able to sing that song. But we know another part of that is you need to be able to have tolerance. Like, Do you have access to the full range of expression even within you? Can you access your sadness? Can you access anger? Can you access fear even within you and know what that feels like in your body? to be able to notice, because that's where uh, we've talked about before, is those mirror neurons, that as I see sadness in them, my body is going to also pick up on sadness, and that's how I'm going to know that sadness is alive with them, because my body's feeling it with them. Uh, and so sometimes what happens for therapists, though, is that we think we're supposed to be like this operator, this fine-tuned automobile, you know, eight horsepower, but sometimes we're only operating on three cylinders. <laughs> so we really don't have access to the full range to be able to go with our clients in the places that they may, they need us to go with them. And so we're, we're not in attunement um, if we're not operating on all cylinders. But then this, this one, and we're going to use a word that can, that it, it, we want to convey depth with it, but it's like this soul aspect. So it's like matching the energy, the tolerance, but then even at the sense of attunement with itself, with your own soul. And when we say that, what we're trying to say is, can you meet people in really deep places that sometimes is intangible, you always can't give great words for it, which is why I like EFT. EFT gives you so many ways to think about how to be with people. It's not just the simple of tell me how you feel or let me show you a feeling chart real quick. In EFT, we do things such as even just imagery, body work, like that ability to get down at a very deep level with people. 
And you need to be able to have that in the, as a therapist. Like, can you meet people in those places? Can your soul take in their inner world? But then the third part, point of attunement that we're talking about is attunement to the mission. And this one can feel a little tricky as Ryan and I were talking about it. Uh, when we talk about attunement or attunement to the target is as you as a therapist, do you have a vision for what success looks like with them? Do you have a vision for where that finish line is or that attachment? Because we know we're working with attachment and emotion. Can you see that? Can you have a vision? Can you picture even for that couple or that family have an image of them being able to connect in vulnerability? And knowing that's where you're going the whole time, even through rough sessions, good sessions, blocks and triggers, you know where you're going and you're focused on it. You have a vision of it. But here's where it gets tricky. That sometimes you actually have to intentionally miss a tune with your client to stay on target. Just saying, what in the world are you talking about, James? You just kind of undid everything you and Ryan are talking about here. Well, here's what I mean by that. And I, I just picture with clients sometimes. Uh, is that even when you're doing really good work and you're on in your the mission is alive and you're trying to get a response back as we talked on that podcast that you've entered and you've gotten vulnerability alive and now you're trying to get a response back that even the person that put out that signal and you're trying to get a response back to them this is new for them and it could feel funny for their body to take it in and they might throw you a block whether it's a joke they try and go back into intellectualizing they try and do something to divert the attention from themselves. And you could want to go ahead and like, we'll use the joke example, some type of laughter to take the tension out of the room. There's a part of you that at times it's like, there's something interesting that happened there that made them crack that joke. And you could go and try and explore it. And we will have an episode on that in the future. Uh, you can want to go explore that. And sometimes you might for a quick 20 seconds, but you got to get right back to this mission that's right in front of you. But there's times when you have to say, no, I'm not going to go for that joke right now. We're on a mission. And it might feel like a little bit misattuned, but you are actually being attuned to the target and you're staying focused on that target because you as a therapist recognize like you've been with them. You've attuned to the client. You've heard those, uh, those, those, those needs and those emotions and you're going there. And not only have you seen it and felt it for them, but you've even felt it in your own body and you've taken it in. What would that be like for this client? to be able to get a response back in this place where no one's ever been able to respond to them before. And then you've declared like, and it's like, wow, this would be good. This is the place where they need that comfort to come in right here. The place that they've never been able to take it in for. And so you're focused and you're locked in on that target. And so you let that remain your, your target. Even when something they might kind of throw a block in there as you're trying to work there, you stay focused and you all because you're attuned to the target. So Ryan, that's the three points of attunement that I thought were so important for our, uh, for any level of EFT therapist to be able to take in. Yeah, it's good, man. And and uh, I want to circle back through one more time Go ahead. just for discussion here. Um, you know, and I want to say an effective EFT clinician, really an effective any clinician that's that's having an experiential model is doing this all the time. I just don't know that we lay it out like this, but I think it's important too mm -hmm. because um, I think it gives you points to recognize maybe – where which one of these you're stronger in and which one of these maybe you're not as strong in. Mm -hmm. Like most things in life, very few of us are just naturally strong in everything all at once. And, and if you are, sometimes that's not so good because it's hard to improve if you don't even recognize where you need to and, and, um, or why you're doing it, mm -hmm. even if you're just naturally good. So 
just really quickly, you know, attunement with the client is, is traditional attunement, right? Yeah. And, and that's, that's a little bit hard to define. In fact, all of this is. Um, but, you know, demonstrated empathy or empathy in action is sometimes a way to define a, that kind of attunement. The one thing I would add, and you kind of mentioned this, but I want to say it a little more. Um, my experience, especially my experience as an old college professor teaching grad students, is most therapists tend to overrate how attuned we are. We, we think that we are. And, and, but don't forget, just to, let's be honest with you, with ourselves here. We don't always like every client, every session. Sometimes people are hard to deal with. I can't believe you said that publicly, man. <laughs> Is this public? <laughs> I know I'm not the only one who's ever had a client that you look down at your your schedule that day and you see their name and you go, ooh. Doesn't necessarily mean we don't like them. What I mean, that's probably not a great way to say it. What I mean is it's when it's stuck, when when people are in a difficult spot, it just doesn't feel as good. Don't forget, sometimes our clients feel that way about us as well. Mm-hmm. And sometimes our clients are nicer to us than necessarily meaning they trust us or are aligned with us or feel like we're in attuned with them. So most therapists tend to overrate attunement. And, and, and attunement between therapist and client can't be exaggerated in terms of importance. We know that therapeutic alliance research shows that somewhere between 60 and 80% of outcome is at least correlated with, if not caused by, really, really strong alliance. So it's really, really crucial. And you said this well. I'm just repeating you now. Attunement, you, you come into attunement with your client when they decide that. We don't get to decide if we're attuned. I, I, I don't know that, man, you could do 10 shows on that one. So j- just because you feel like you're attuned doesn't mean you are. And I, I would recommend to people, if you're not sure how attuned you are, maybe you've been listening to this podcast and you're going, man, maybe I'm not as attuned as I thought I was. I'm like, good. That's a good thought. Not to put you in shame, but just to say double check or double down on this. And if you're not sure if you're attuned, ask them, hey, can I ask you a question? Does it seem like I really get this? When X, Y, and Z happen in the cycle and I reflect it back to you and I put it back in the cycle every session, which I know is a little bit annoying, does it seem like I really get this or does it seem like I'm just going through the motions? Am I dismissing your experience? Ask them directly. Yes, right. Clients are great about telling you. And then we got to be humble enough and open enough to want the feedback and to thank them for the critical feedback, which is not so easy. Mm-hmm. And yet it's really crucial. Can I give a story on that one real yeah. quick, Brian? I think this is practical. Um, I had a session that came in the other day. Um, and the <laughs> beautiful the pursuer had wrote down the note from the withdrawal of his critique of the session with me. And he wrote, uh, he had her write down that he didn't feel like I really got him, like he was on, put on the spot. And when he brought that, well, he and she read it from her notepad to me, and he's just kind of sit there sheepishly looking at me to see how I'm going to take it in. And, and I felt like this sense of like, I, was, I felt like a celebration in me. There was a place before I would have felt shame, like, oh, gosh, I can't believe I messed up as a therapist to speak to one side of what you're saying. But I immediately looked over at him, and I was like, man, thank you. He kind of looks and I see his body shift. That's exactly what I want you to be able to do for a guy who's gone through life just trying to lay low, not taking the risk to let himself be seen, that for some reason in this room, you felt comfortable enough to like to say, hey, hold on a second. 
I think I got missed and that you are willing to want to bring this back up in here. That's good. We're moving forward here, man. I so appreciate that. And so help me understand like what that was like for you. And, uh, you know, and it's, we, we just, we ended up, we just ended up playing that out and that became the session and it was actually some beautiful work, nice. but I was glad that he let me know that in a way I wasn't really attuned to his story. I didn't get his story. Yeah, man. And we flipped it into a positive. Anyway. And, and that, that is a corrective experience in and of itself. Exactly. And every time a client gives us critical feedback, our answer is always, thank you. Cause they're helping you. Even if they're quote unquote wrong, it's still, they're still helping you. They're still showing you, here's where I'm feeling stuck. Here's where I'm lost. Here's where I'm disoriented, whatever it may be. Last point on attunement with clients. I say this a lot. In most things in life, maybe everything in life, you really can't, you really can't cheat experience. Our field is full of young therapists. You know why that is, James? Burnout? Yes, because most therapists aren't. Most old therapists are no longer therapists. I would say 50, 60% of the mental health field is in their is in their first ten years easily. It may be more like eighty percent. You just make me run through every therapist at our. In our <laughs> well, you tell me. You're right. Look at in our whole community. You know, it's it's most therapists are in their first ten years because when it's a whole other topic as well. Burnout is really really high. Some stats I've seen shows that most therapists don't make it to their eighth year, eighth and a half year. I think we need to make T-shirts that say "I made it past 10 <laughs> and give those out nice. to and therapists, and they should nice. get high fives every time we see a therapist that right. has "I made it past 10." All right, there you go. So, so experience. The problem with that is you can't cheat experience. You can want to be an expert. You can want to be a really good therapist when you've been doing this for five years, and that's not to say that you can't do some really great work. But the fact is, you can't cheat repetition, mm. and experience really matters. Okay except for in this area. Because <laughs> here's the funny thing. If you've done this long enough, very few things surprise you anymore. How many times have I seen a pursuer escalate? How many times have I gotten too fast? Or a pursuer says something that's a little bit barbed, and all of a sudden my withdrawal locks down and has no more words. It's as predictable as seeing rain when a cloud comes over. You know, you've just seen it so many times you, you know, you don't go like, oh my gosh, it started raining after it clouded up. I mean, you know, you see that a few hundred times and you're like, yeah, that's how that goes. But the problem with this, this is one of those areas where our experience can throw us out of attunement. But because we see it coming, we don't respond to it as if it's significant. And when we don't respond to each emotion or each description as if it's significant, what we say to our clients is we don't really get it. So, because we see it coming, we don't always demonstrate our empathy. So in that way, good empathy can be the enemy of great attunement. You see, so because I've seen it so many times before, I don't take the time with what you just told me. And therefore, even though I actually may, in fact, get it well, I've damaged my attunement with you. So that's why it's so important to slow down. We had Gail Palmer here a few years ago. We brought her up on stage. She's the, an expert of experts doing this 40 years. I said, Gail, what's the one thing you've learned in all your years? And she says, slow down. That's, that's a convicting one for me. That's, that is absolutely my weakness as a clinician. I'm working on it. But this, this attunement discussion is about that. Because if you don't have good attunement with clients, you're not doing EFT. 
There's no question about it. You can be doing all the right techniques. You can even be doing enactments. But without attunement, we're in trouble. Our clients come in. Hurting people are carrying a load, a huge backpack full of bricks and cinder blocks. And half of the weight of that load, which this load doesn't let them change, by the way. It keeps them from being flexible. It keeps them from doing their homework. It keeps them from responding to each other, all the things we need them to do. Half of this load is that the weight of this is unseen. They start to experience the world as being a culmination of messages of try harder, perform more. You shouldn't be feeling this way. You should be doing better. So when the therapist camps out with them and takes the time to say, I see your dilemma, as we're going to talk about in future episodes, I see the difficulty of this. And you come into attunement with them, you, you lighten their load significantly. And next thing you know, they're more flexible. You want to jump in there or keep going? We'll keep going. All right. So attunement with self could do a whole episode here as well, but we probably won't. You know, we talk a lot about uh, self. And self is the reason I started teaching this in this way, because in EFT trainings, and with they're very experiential. Probably most people who are listening to this have been to them. You know, at my externships, we show like 30 videos. You know, 15 of them are probably just trying to get you to pay attention to self. Can you, can you not just see this as a strategy? And can you not just love people? But can you actually feel what your body's trying to say? So can you pay attention to your own signals as we work into these difficult places with people? Um, something you said earlier, and I can't remember if this was last episode or where it was, but anyway, I think it was last episode. If, if something doesn't kind of break your heart, then it's, you're probably not there yet. Stay a bit longer. Get more curious. But if something really, really brings up a strong response for you, that's the time to set up a lot of our enactments, right? And so, but if, you, if, you're not, if you're not in the practice of paying attention to your own emotional signals, as most Westerners are not, then you're missing a major piece of attunement. Mm-hmm. And, and this process starts to de-evolve a little bit mm-hmm. and not make sense to us mm-hmm. as much. So can you notice? Can you let yourself feel? Can you be curious about your own emotion? Can you even in appropriate ways let your clients know when something hurts you, when you feel the heaviness, when the hopelessness of the situation also breaks your heart? Do you have a range of expression? Our clients need us to be able to run 100 miles an hour with anger at times and to be, as we say in Arkansas, in granny low into that deep place where it's one mile an hour and it's painful to even say the next word. We'll talk about that in a future episode as well. Is this, is this sort of emotional place space that you've already visited? Have you already walked around in the halls of this building? If not, if you don't go there to some degree in your own life, at least some of the time, then when your client goes there, you're way more likely to exit the process. And what's most dangerous about that is most therapists don't know when we've done it, right? And so that's why it's really, really key for me from day one in externship to start asking people to pay attention to what's going on inside of them because our inner signals are a gift. 
and they're a reflection of what's great about us and the way that we're talented and the, and the, what we have to offer our clients. And I think sometimes with self, the therapist, we get, it gets into this sort of negative gotcha game of, Oh, you have, you haven't dealt with your stuff. And I think that's a shame. I think it's much more broad than that. Our positive resources are important to this too. I'll tell a story on me. Um, I don't know why uh, all the all the men in my family and some of the women as well, actually, just like yours, actually, uh, were military. And so I have these super strong protective instincts. It's the only way I know to describe them. I, I've always been the kid that can't stand to see another kid get bullied, even in elementary school. You know, I, I just am kind of a protective person. And uh, that works against me, by the way. That's part of the second point of attunement for me is I've got to be aware of how strong that energy is mm -hmm. because sometimes um, I will exit a process to protect someone from getting hurt by their partner and not mean to. Or when I do live consults, sometimes I'm trying to read someone's emotional signals and what they're saying to me is this is embarrassing. I don't like to show this in front of the group. So even though they probably need me to push in, Sometimes my self-attunement will, will, I will not catch it and I will exit the process, therefore blowing the whole process up. So that's a good, thank you, Rand. That's a good story because I know when you say that quote, it blows people's minds usually in some way that good empathy can be the enemy of attunement. Yes. And that was a good uh, practical example mm -hmm. because that's the second point. It's you are allowing their inner world to impact you and move you as a therapist, but you still have to keep your focus. Yeah. So, and just two quick points and we'll move on to the third one here and wrap up. But if going to deep places in your personal life has only gotten you hurt, you probably won't go there with other people. We need corrective experiences in our own life, whether that's going to therapy or just working through things in a journal or some kind of spiritual exercise, whatever it is for you. We need to have corrective, successful experiences in our own story of hurt and loss, our own grief story, if you will. Otherwise, why would we trust it? Why would we go towards pain, which is really what EFT is built on in some ways, if it's only led to more hurt? We see that all the time in supervision with really, really great, talented clinicians, by the way, who just need three or four experiences of healing in their own story to open up space to be willing to go into other people's pain in their story. So I love what you said. You said energy, which is this range we got to have. Mm -hmm. But another thing to study, what was your family of origin like with anger? What was your family of origin like with sadness? Because as we know, our families are relevant here. And having a tolerance for this wide range, and the second one is, is working from the soul. I don't know how to describe that. Seems impossible, except to say it's sacred and you can feel it when it's there. And that's the point of that, really. It's just there is this place in EFT where it's like you can't fully explain it all, but you know something's happening. That's where Sue would say it's like magic, right? Yep. So last thing on, on the target attunement, just two points for me, unless you want to jump in. Oh, go ahead. You know, um, the first one is you will have to misattune with what makes your client happy during certain moments. You just will. Because clients don't know what they need. That's what they're paying us for. So you see this third point almost feels contradictory. You're like, but don't you need to just be with your clients? No. <laughs> you need to be with your clients 
and then take them somewhere different. And that's what they're paying us for. If my stomach hurts, I can search on WebMD and determine that I have stomach cancer. Or I can go to a gastric, what do you call them, gastric ontologist? That's embarrassing. A stomach doctor. <laughs> I can go to a stomach doctor. Uh, <laughs> That's a good Arkansas expression right there. <laughs> I could go to my stomach doctor who says, uh, no, your stomach pain means that you have indigestion, not cancer. And that's a good thing. Because if I, if I self-diagnose what's going on, I can come up with all manner of funny uh, meanings. And so, that is so true for our therapist, our therapeutic clients as well. Their narratives tend to take them back towards the cycle. So when they're saying we need more content solutions or I need to blame other, oftentimes we've got to miss it. We've got to intentionally sort of bend the attunement with client to attune with the target, which is what research shows actually gets them out of these hurt places. I want to end with your conversation. I love what you just said on the note from your client. Mm-hmm. That pursuer, yeah. I, you said it was a, a male, I think. Yeah, the, it was a withdrawer, but the pursuer was the one that took the notes for them. Kind okay, of. the pursuer. All right, well, whichever the pursuer was, you know, that anxious energy is saying, "We got to move. We got to move. We got to move." Yeah. And so you you absolutely have to lean into that anxiety, mm-hmm. and yet you also have to know when it's time to bend that attunement to go towards the target attunement. Yeah. Because to please that person in the moment would be, I'm going to blame the withdrawer, mm-hmm. which is exactly what the cycle already does. Mm-hmm. A great point in the EFT, you ready? Mm-hmm. Here's your note takers at home. Don't ever do to someone what the cycle does to them. Don't ever do to someone what the cycle does to them. So what does the withdrawer get all the time? Blame. So I got to find a way to attune with my anxious pursuer but I've also got to bend that attunement to where I hold space for other to keep attunement with the target, the target being corrective emotional experience done in the office right in front of you via how we set up and process our enactments. There's three-part attunement. Man, so y'all, thank you so much. There's just three, like two quotes I think are so big that I want to leave you with because one of the things I'm working on in EFT is the power of language. And so, Ryan, when you, I like when you said EFT is not just a strategy. That's the quote you said. And it just makes me think of things I hear from Sue and George. It's really about being with people and, having them, and helping them have a series of titrated experiences of corrective emotional experiences. And that's why this three parts matters. But then I like that quote that I think as you as therapists, as you listen, is so big that if going to deep places has only got you hurt, then it's probably more than likely that it's going to really be hard for you to go there. And so that's why the self of the therapist really matters. So that way you can be able to have this three parts of attunement. Um, we thank you so much. And this could be great. I think this is a great tool, once again, for supervisors to be able to watch tapes or even for you to walk out of a session like something fell off in that session. You could ask yourself these three questions. Was I attuned to my client? Was I even attuned to myself? And was I attuned to the target? And if either one of those are off, you're going to feel that in session. It's okay to be curious and then explore it. And then that gives you a map to go say, well, I can go back and deal with that. That's lovely, man. I like that. I've never heard that before. Yeah. So it's a great session to really a great question to ask after every session. Mm -hmm. Was I really with my clients, which they have to define by the way. That's right. Was I really present Mm -hmm. with me? Was Mm -hmm. my heart online during the session Mm -hmm. and how focused was I? Yep. How, how, how much was I keeping 
on the process, on the map, towards what we know works, which is those corrective experience. A great way to grade every session. I like that. By the way, as we wrap up here, I really would encourage you to check out our show notes. James is doing an unbelievable job of really making these like really clear, a lot of great information there. He's taking notes for you. So I'd encourage you to check that out. And James, we appreciate that very much. Uh, Thank you, Ryan. And thank you to the EFT community. Have a good time. Thank you for listening. We hope this experience helps you push the leading edge in your work to help people connect with themselves and with each other. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. You can contact us at pushtheleadingedge at gmail.com. And you can follow us on our Facebook page at Push the Leading Edge. You can follow Ryan on Facebook at Ryan Reyna Professional Training and on his website, RyanRainaTraining.com. You can follow James on Facebook and Instagram at DocHawkLPC. You can also check out his website, DocHawkLPC.com. Thank you.